This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and specifically the Arsenal News Show. You join me still very much in the fallout from the win at the weekend over Tottenham in the North London derby as we now approach uh, a really important game against Brighton on the weekend. There is European action this week of which Arsenal of course are not involved in. Still in unfamiliar territory, but, you know, I'm just going to enjoy the Champions League and Europa League, not the Conference League, games as much as I can and just, you know, get into as much of Red Bull Salzburg's destruction <laughs> in their own group, which when they consider they got a very decent result against Sevilla in the first round, you never know. We could all be Salzburg fans in the Champions League this season and get on the TGT hype train of the likes of Adeyemi, etc. Uh, anyway, I hope you're doing well this morning, guys. Good morning to everybody that's tuning in. Always an absolute pleasure to join you and thank you for making this part of your morning routine. Uh, drop a like on today's video if you haven't already. Subscribe as well. And if you would like to help support the channel even more, you can become a member. Join our Discord server as well. In fact, I do want to give a couple of shout-outs uh, to some new members that have joined up ever so recently, if my page decides to load. Uh, we've got Delbert Mixon, we've got Richard Gill, and we've got Yash Kathari, as well as Ghana Ed uh, joining up as well and Michael Zamit uh, as well uh, Inga Holman too all joined up within the last four days thank you ever so much to all of you guys for helping supporting the channel and making it even better so without further ado let's crack on though with today's news uh, you can of course find out even more about Arsenal by subscribing to the Arsenal way. I'll be live over there at 9.30 a.m. this morning with our morning show. And in yesterday's show, uh, I had a chat with Chris Wheatley and Kaya Kainak, although I'll talk to you more about that in just a second. Let's go to some interesting news from the Premier League. You may have seen uh, reported from The Athletic and David Ornstein that Premier League officials met last week to discuss 
the ability of the league to expand and to go more so into kind of, you know, the realms of foreign fixtures. Now, I wrote about this quite a lot in yesterday's article talking about how Josh Kroenke's previous guarantee would block Premier League's latest unpopular plan, specifically talking about his guarantee that Arsenal would never play a home game or a home game away from the Emirates Stadium, which he promised during the fans forum back in April of this year. Now, this is still at the moment very much just a theory. It's very much just a a plan and that the initial idea is to expand the the, the competitive fixtures into more of a pre-season style so that a pre-season tournament would take place ahead of obviously the season uh, and they would be played abroad in Asia or in America to try and boost the reputation and the branding of the league. But there was some murmurings of possible fixtures that are real competitive games, league games being played abroad. Whether or not that comes to pass, we'll wait and see. Uh, Richard Scudamore, who was the former chief executive of the Premier League, was always kind of one to tout the idea of the, the famous 39th game of the season. Don't know how you would even get that to work, how you'd make it even fair. I have no idea how you would go about making a 39th game abroad fair in any way to have an actual impact on the league. Maybe it would be something that would be to do with determining places in the table if people are on a similar amount of points. Maybe that's the only way that they could do it. I don't know. Uh, And take away goal difference, for example. But it would be a very strange uh, occurrence to see and not really one that I'd like to see. Uh, The idea of uh, league games being, being played away from the home stadiums is, in my opinion, very wrong. Um, and it shouldn't be done. The Spanish League has recently seen this with the Spanish Super Cup. The Spanish Super Cup was expanded from two teams to four teams. The Spanish Super Cup, by the way, is basically their version of the Community Shield, Uh, and they now play that in Saudi Arabia and will play that in Saudi Arabia until at least 2029. The Spanish Football Federation signed a deal of around 120 million euros in order for that deal to take place. It didn't take place in Saudi Arabia last year because of the pandemic, but it is expected that it will continue on in the nation until, as I say, 2029. Very controversial, uh, and there are a lot of Spaniards that are not happy about that, and quite rightly, because I don't think any competitive fixtures of the English Premier League should be played abroad. It takes away from the fans that go week in, week out to support their teams, And there are pre-season tournaments, European tournaments, designed for games to be played abroad. The Club World Cup, another example. The FA, FIFA, UEFA, as far as I'm aware, are all very much against this idea. But you never know, it could still happen. Moving then on to what uh, Chris Wheatley spoke about regarding Granite Xhaka in yesterday's Press Box show. Uh, this is a weekly, twice-weekly show in which I'll be joined every single week by Chris Wheatley and Kaya Karnak from Football London to talk about the latest Arsenal news from the Press Box itself over on the Arsenal Way. Link to this show is in today's description. And when I asked Chris about the possibility of Granit Xhaka uh, injury having any kind of impact on his January, on Arsenal's January plans, 
He simply replied saying, possibly in January, although I think the summer is more likely for a transfer. And it makes sense that that would be the case because if Xhaka's injury doesn't turn out to be as bad as we think it might be, he did walk off the pitch on Sunday, didn't need to be stretched or he didn't need his leg being strapped and protected. It seemed like a, uh, a much minor injury comparison to what we thought, maybe like a six-month ACL problem. It doesn't seem that serious. As soon as we know more, we will update you. But in regards to possible January plans, maybe is basically the answer. But the most likely scenario is that Arsenal would invest in central midfield next summer rather than in the winter. Now, Thierry Henry was on Sky Sports yesterday talking about his presence at the North London derby alongside Daniel Ek. He says, to be able to get there, you need to have someone to respond on the other side. It didn't happen yet. We, he, is here to stay. So let's see what's going to happen. But obviously, we enjoyed the win yesterday. Very unsurprising kind of comment that it's going to take a long time, that so far they have not had any kind of response really from uh, the Cronkies, other than the fact that we know that Danielette confirmed that Josh Cronkie said that they don't need the money. They don't need Danielette's money. I don't think Danielette has enough, personally, anyway, to take over Arsenal. I don't think he has the clout, the the the, the, the financial might to be able to offer a sum of money that would tempt them into selling without taking some kind of ridiculous loan, which would already put your owner on the back foot when taking over a club. So it's something that very common happens. Owners take out loans, they buy clubs, they pay it back, but then they can't invest because they're paying back their loan. Now, I don't personally really ever see Daniel Ek taking over Arsenal. It just does not seem like a feasible route uh, into the next stage of Arsenal's ownership. I see the Cronkies and KSE being the owners of Arsenal, for the foreseeable future. I don't see any reason why they would sell. I don't see anyone coming in with enough money right now to convince them to sell. Arsenal is arguably its lowest valuation in terms of its competitiveness in the league that it's been in my lifetime, to be honest. They've only seen regression since the Cronkies took over. And whilst the league's monetary status has certainly increased, which has naturally increased the value of Arsenal, the value of them on a competitive stage to compete for Champions League qualification and then the trophy itself or for the title is really quite far off still from where we are right now. Could we get Champions League qualification? That's a bit closer. We've had opportunities, but to win it or to win the league is still very, very... To be close to Manchester City and Chelsea and Liverpool is still quite a far way off. So the idea of someone buying Arsenal at the moment would represent you having to pay a lot of money for a club that maybe isn't necessarily correlating its performance and league stature to where that sits and stands in the whole kind of broader scheme of things. I would find it very, very surprising if if Daniel Ek ever sold the club. Although I would like to hear from you guys in the chat and hear what you have to say in our final section of the show, which is, of course, your questions, your thoughts, your theories... Uh, and your queries too. So please do throw them into the chat. First of all, EKK, thank you so much for becoming a brand new member of the channel. Really appreciate your support. And uh, I hope you enjoy all the extra stuff that comes with being uh, a member of the channel as well. Uh, Let's go up uh, to Chilonga, who says, after so many tries of players from the blue, what? We finally found out, we finally found one in Tomiyasu. Um, I I mean, 
I hate stereotypes being associated with players, to be honest. I think it's ridiculous. But Tommy Asuin himself is uh, a great player. It looks like he turns out to be, and, and fingers crossed, he will be a consistent performer for us going forward. Let's scroll up to Wilson, who says, Jamie O'Hara is a bitter man who had the nerve to accuse Arsenal fans of celebrating wildly. Do me a favour. Spurs were an absolute shambles and got steamrolled by the Gunners. Look, it's the only way that Jamie O'Hara can protect himself at the end of the day because he, quite rightly, is always going to try and play down this situation. It's not his fault that Spurs are terrible. It's not his fault that he has to defend an awful Tottenham Hotspur. And I don't blame him for trying to dampen Arsenal's celebrations. It won't work, but I don't blame him for it. It must be quite embarrassing to be a Spurs fan right now. And, you know, if anything, I feel sorry for him. So, sorry, Jamie. Uh, I hope your your week improves somewhat away from football. Um, let's move on to John, who says, maybe the country of Norway can buy us. And Haaland comes in the deal as well. Oh, I mean, no. <laughs> it's never going to happen. But thanks, John. <laughs> for I know, I know it's tongue-in-cheek, but there you go. Um, Omar, yes, you can get a congratulations for finally turning up to one of the live shows in the morning. I know that this is very early or late time for you, one of the two, but congratulations for turning up. Matt Thornton says, don't see Kroenke ever selling. They pride themselves on not selling a single share in any of their clubs and businesses. Uh, IGK says, what should be our target this season? Top six should be the target this season season. Joel Diaz says Daniel Ek and the fans would be a dream ownership. He talked previously about wanting that golden share type model if he was to take over. I'm not surprised if you're a prospective buyer. You want to get the fans on side. You're going to offer them exactly what they want to hear. Doesn't necessarily mean it would happen. There were things that were said by the Cronkies when they took over that have never happened. So you never know. Um, let's go to Amandeep. He says, the overall punditry is shocking. As much as I hate Jose, he was a breath of fresh air on Sky Sports. Uh, Naga says, is it true uh, that about Juventus links with Xhaka plus a swap between him and McKenzie? Uh, McKenney, sorry. Um, McKenzie. I don't think that there's anything in a link like that at this stage in the window. It's not even the window, and that's kind of my point. I don't think there's any kind of truth in suggesting that there's a swap deal on the cards between Arsenal and Jack, Arsenal and Juventus for Xhaka and McKenney. I don't see that happening. Would I take it? I don't think so. I'd rather just sell Xhaka and move for a central midfielder that's a genuine step up on the likes of Lokonga, Xhaka and Partey as much as we feasibly can. You want to get as close to a Partey-level player when you sign someone as possible. I'd sign a Basuma. It's just where I'm at, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Is El Nene a good backup, Tom? He's a decent squad player, but he's not a good backup as in second choice. He's a good third or fourth choice, but nothing more, um, unfortunately. GGTV for you says Danielek is a very clever man. Don't write him off. He's achieved so much with odds against him. Just saying, of sure, sure. Never write off a billionaire, but I just don't see. The problem is, is that it's a billionaire going up against other billionaires that are in no need to sell, don't want to sell, don't have to sell, and are very stubborn uh, in all of their franchises. So I don't really see it happening, despite uh, Daniel X's record of, of doing some big business deals in the past. Wilson says, do you think the top six is achievable for the Gunners? Absolutely. Um, let's go to Jasmine. He says, let's say if Ek buys over uh, KSC, do you think he would invest his own money on transfers and put us closer to the elite level in terms of competing for world-class players? Absolutely no idea, Jasmine. 
I'm absolutely no idea. There's no way of me saying that, yes, I think he would. The kind of the speculative answer would be to say, sure, he clearly cares a lot about the club. If he's a fan, I think most fans recognise that we need to see more investment, smart investment in some world-class players to add to this team, sure. But there's no saying that he would. There's, there's no evidence to suggest that he would, but besides the fact he's just a fan. There's no evidence to suggest he would make the right choices. It's just different. And for a lot of fans, including myself, different is probably better. Not always, as we've talked about with the possible Qatari takeover side of things, but different for some people is enough. Um, and, you know, after what's happened under the Cronkies, I understand the want for different. Um, but I think it's also important that you make the right choice at the end of the day. It's not even a choice that that you get the right bit of luck, I suppose, and whoever was to take over. Oli says, hi, Tom. I honestly believe we can make top four. I always maintain uh, we're not that far behind and can overtake United. Liverpool moved from 66 to 97 points in one season. Things do change very quickly. I'm just being realistic. And, of course, there's always the chance that top four could be made. But we're six games in and we've lost three of them and won the other three. It's it's a really unpredictable season and it could swing either way at any moment. So in three games time, we could have dropped points in every game against Brighton, Palace and Villa. And we might be talking about the season again very, very differently. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, Hiron says, Tommy Asu reminds me of Prime Ivanovic from Chelsea. Not that quick, just a very solid defender and a solid player at the back that gave a lot of cover to that Jose Mourinho side on many occasions. Uh, Flame says, would you keep Xhaka in the starting lineup till we replace him or start Sambi Lukonga? I mean, you are as good as your last game. So if he was fit, I would have started him in the next game because he earns that right with his performance against Spurs. He isn't fit and he's not going to be fit for the next game from what we're aware. And it's going to be, you know, a period on the sidelines and he's going to have to recover. We still need to wait for confirmation on the length of time he's going to be out. But Lukonga is a very good replacement at the moment. He's still very young, you have to remember. Lukonga's 21 years of age. He still needs to develop. He still needs to improve. There's still parts of his game that he desperately needs to get better at. And he is still very young. So I would have started Jacker in the next game based upon him being as good as his last. I think that's he's earned that right. But that's probably not going to happen with where we find ourselves now. EKK, our new member, says, if our players can get a strong run uh, ABS or anti-break system... <laughs> build that confidence needed and go into every game with a mindset uh, that we're winning. We can do the unthinkable. We need to believe in ourselves and our ability. I love your positivity, EKK, uh, and fingers crossed uh, you're right because momentum is massive in football. And if Arsenal can achieve that momentum, who knows where we could finish up this year. Omar says, can I eat the biggest humble pie regarding Ramsdale? He has been much better than I thought. With absolute pleasure, mate, as can plenty of Arsenal fans. GGTV for you says, I think top six is more realistic. I agree. Uh, Wes says, not that quick. Do you mean Branislav uh, is not as quick? Yeah, I mean, Ivanovic is, is not as quick as Tomiyasu, but Tomiyasu isn't exactly the quickest fullback in the world. He's not slow. But he's not rapid. He's not your your Lamptey's or your Ashraf Hakimi's of this world. But you look at kind of fullbacks that don't necessarily have that lightning pace, that are more astute, that are more disciplined, that are more defensively sound. And Tomiyasu, I think, falls into that category. Um, Jasmine says, Tom, we've just 
We've got the most shot creation actions from our last three Prem games since 2017 for three consecutive matches. Seems we are on our way to score more goals this season. It's a great stat. It's certainly something that you'd hope would push us on to that next level and push us on to achieving a real dominance in fixture and a real kind of strong scoreline against teams rather than the unconvincing 1-0 wins we've had against Norwich and Burnley. And we could have more results like we saw yesterday. Brighton that we come up against next week is a really good test, a really good uh, barometer of kind of where we're at and where we have grown in those last three games. If we can get a win at the Amex, which is a place that we find tricky to go to, we won there last season for the first time in a long time, that's going to be a big, big push towards our next game. And then it's the international break, which I tell you, I am absolutely dreading absolutely dreading the international break it is disgustingly boring and i can't stand it especially since going into writing about club football it is not nice it's really not nice maggie says tom have you seen the online updates that the super league is coming um i haven't seen anything about the super league being like reborn i have seen what i have seen about the super league is that supposedly barcelona real madrid and juventus are pretty much all uh, have got off scot-free from the looks of things. Um, following a uh, following stay of proceedings against Barca, Juve and Real Madrid in the matter relating to a violation of UEFA's legal framework with Super League, UEFA appeals body declared today that proceedings null and void as if the proceedings had never been opened. It's not, you know, it's not surprising. Um, <laughs> it's not surprising at all. So... After all that talk from Seferin, nothing happened. And I'm not surprised that it didn't because we know, you know, I don't have to tell you, like, you know what goes on behind the scenes. Like, it's very obvious. Like, if there was genuinely an issue with that, is one of the worst. If you're a UA, if you're UEFA or FIFA and the clubs under your banner that play on your competitions have tried to form a breakaway competition and you're not delving at any kind of deterrent from that ever happening again in a form of a punishment for the clubs that outright turned around and said, we're not even stopping this. You know, Florentino Perez saying the Super League's not dead and just completely staying stubborn with it, that to deal out nothing, do you need more evidence of, of what you know I'm talking about? It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, no, Ritty, and sorry, your Spotify membership will not help with with uh, Daniel Ek possible takeover. Sorry about that. Diddly Squat, thank you so much for becoming a member. Uh, ironic, uh, <laughs> very ironic. Maybe you don't have Diddly Squat if you are starting up as a member. Really appreciate the support. Um, Rancid says, uh, Brighton looks much stronger than Spurs, but still beatable. Let's go for 12. JDB says, is Pablo Marie that bad of a centre-back as people assumed? No. I mean, the amount of people that were asking for him to partner Gabriel last season, saying, why can't we play with two left-footed centre-backs? How many times do we hear that conversation? How many times do we hear that? Pablo Marie should be starting over Rob Holding. He had a really good performance by the first five minutes against Leicester City. He was really good towards the end of last season when he was playing over Gabriel when he wasn't fit. He had a really good game at Chelsea when we drew when we won one 0 at Stamford Bridge. Like Pablo Marie's got a lot of stick for the first few games because he hasn't had the best opening to the season. And as we talk about, you're only as good as your last game. And so I don't think he's anywhere near. He's a very uh, comfortable backup to Gabriel to me. He's very he's fine, absolutely fine as a backup. 
your backup is never meant to be anywhere near as really as good as your as your starting option. It's rare that you find that because those players, if they're as good as a starter, are going to want to leave. And so having someone like Pablo Marie in the squads, it's fine. He's an experienced figure in the team. I think he's like 28 now, is he? So he's going to be one of the more experienced heads of the side as well. So it's important that we have him in the squad. Uh, let's go to Jonathan, who says, thoughts of White dominating the area jewels against Kane? Bliss, mate. Absolute bliss. And uh, I was buzzing to see it. Ben Katesh says, should England be picking Emil Smith-Rowe ahead of Lingard right now? You'd have to say yes, because he's starting, he's scoring, he's assisting. He should absolutely be given an opportunity uh, in the England setup. Uh, let's go to uh, Chilongu says, Tom, what do you think is the main reason the club is so keen on Basuma? Uh, if that is, if that's it, could they consider him seriously next summer? The main reason is because, well, they're interested. We know there's interest on the club. They never really acted upon it, but he's certainly someone who's on their radar. Um, they just didn't move for him because they renewed Granit Xhaka's contract in the summer. The same with all the reasons why they didn't go for any other central midfielders in the summer. The problem is, is if he does go to the African Cup of Nations, I don't think he's played for Mali in quite a while. But if he goes, then you haven't got him for that month. And that's maybe a month in which you need to sign a central midfielder temporarily at minimum to cover Partey's absence. Xhaka could be injured. El Nenny's gone. It would leave you with just make Lenars and Lekonga. That would all that we would have. So it's something to think about, that's for sure. Uh, let's go to MFB says, have we discussed the possible incoming in January? We have, and there's absolutely no idea to know specific names of who it could be. Um, but I've got a piece going up a little bit later on today describing uh, some of the options that Arsenal could go for in January. Anyway, let's finish off the game there. Oh, hold on. That's not how says Tom. The NFL have played top games in the UK. Why shouldn't we play abroad? It's not a justification. I don't agree with the NFL being played abroad. What about all those fans that are locals to those teams in North America? Why? It's, it's not okay for that to happen. Um, and it's not okay for the Premier League to play games abroad. It's, dis it's In my opinion, it's a complete disrespect to the tradition of the sport and to the fact that home teams have had fans go into them for over 100 years and that football clubs are part of the local community. They're part of that entrenched like society of those towns. And to have those games ripped away after over a century of support is wrong. And it should not be allowed. Um, and it probably will. Um, it's just, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> it's just, unfortunately, it probably will. But I don't agree with it whatsoever. So there you go. There's my reasoning. Anyway, we're going to wrap things up there. Thanks ever so much, guys, for tuning in. Always a pleasure. Uh, please do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. I will see you again very, very soon. Join us on the Arsenal Way for the 9.30 Arsenal Agenda show. And, of course, we'll have the uh, Arsenal Analysis show of the North London Derby going out a little bit later on this evening too. See you soon, guys. And, as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? 
at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.